0: and breathe on us, breathe into us anew, Lord, life, resurrected life, and may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Look at all the beautiful saints of God sitting out there. You know, some of you I can see. Some of I can just see your eyes. I wanted to say thanks, Tate, for bringing your parents to church today. Tate's always here. It's really cute, and I'm really amazed by that. So today's a special day, right? Today's a special day. Albert Einstein said this one time. He says, A hundred times a day I remind myself that my inner and outer life depend on the labors of other people, living and dead. And that I must exert myself in order to give in the measure as I have received and am still receiving. Today, we celebrate All Saints Day. It's a day where we remind ourselves that our inner and outer lives, as Einstein said, Um, together depends on the labor, the time, the talents, the treasures of other people, both past and present, the living and the dead, and to give thanks for God for their lives. That's why these flowers that I designed and arranged (laughs) represent the great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. You know, the word saint um, means simply holy ones. And holy, do you know what that means? It means set apart, belonging to God. So while you and I are sinners, if you will, the reality, the truth of our deepest identity is also saints. That's right, saint. Saint. And that happens in our baptism okay? God in our baptism makes us holy people. That is, people that are set apart, that belong to God for a purpose. Do you all know that? That you all are saints? Like that is your identity. So being baptized, as you know, means that we are no longer those who are selfish or greedy or preoccupied only with ourselves, but that we've been baptized into a new story. Story of jesus and our life is marked now by the same life that marked jesus generosity love mercy grace forgiveness saints we say are sealed and marked with a purpose the purpose of your purpose as a saint on this planet is to make christ known through your actions through You live this redeeming love of God that God loves the world and also to share in the renewing of this world. In our baptism, we say that we're buried with Christ in his death, that we're raised with him in his resurrection, and that we share in this life with him. So who are the saints those who have been set apart by God. That is you. And all the ones that have gone before us. You know, Walter Carpenter and I were meeting on Thursday. And before we left, we stood in Fort... 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 <laughs> Fordham Hall, reminiscing about the photos of the early St. Michael's Church at Duckworth's Garage. And Walter was checking them out. And you know, Walter grew up here. And so he was telling me, Oh man, I remember this. I remember that. He goes, I wasn't here for the garage part, but most of all, this other I remember so well. And I am always struck from the very day I arrived at St. Michael's that in 1948, That before there was a Quigley Hall, before we had this beautiful stained glass window or the apostles window or or the pipe organ or this Christ, the King cross long before any of that, that God had done something in the hearts of the people. And this is really significant. God had done something in the hearts of a group of people. God set apart these holy people and called them to plant a mission, right? God stirred the hearts of these people. Why? So they could just gather in a garage and do church? No. Out of nothing, out of nothing, through the faith of the saints, God created a movement. He created a body In a garage. (laughs) All of this, as we understand it, is, is here because of the prayers, because of the faithfulness, because of the trust in God, because of the sacrifice and the love of God's saints, both past and present, who did it all for the glory of God. We can never take it for granted, right? Because we're here because of them. As you know, the gospel's not a private deal, right? Y'all know that, didn't you? You know, it's not a private deal in which we're not inconvenienced or uninvolved. Life in all of its abundance comes from involvement and participation. And those saints that have gone before us were involved, they participated, and they participated with God in the renewing of the world. And because they loved God, And because God loved them and because they loved the world and they were obedient and responsible, we're here. And so we celebrate that, not only just to remember them, but to remind ourselves of who we are and the privilege and responsibility that God has given to us and entrusted to us. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, y'all, he was a German theologian um, who was imprisoned during uh, Hitler's um, regime, and he wrote, "In normal life, we hardly realize how much more we receive than we give, and life cannot be rich without such gratitude. It is so easy to overestimate the importance of our own achievements compared with what we owe to the help of others." Mainly those, first and foremost, the rich, rich, beautiful blessing of God's one-way love for you. And you know, folks, everyone on this planet, we do so many things to try to fill our lives. We do so many things to try to complete ourselves. We try to do so many things to feel fulfilled and have meaning and purpose in our lives, but there's only one thing ultimately that can fill us. Not church as we understand it, not religion, but this one-way love of God This rich gospel, this good news that God hasn't forgotten us, that God has entered our world, that God has come for us. And that's why we give thanks and those who have come along to help bring that movement, that word, that gospel hope into our lives. In today's familiar gospel story, the story of the raising of Lazarus, you all know the story. Jesus receives a message that his friend Lazarus is ill, right? And his two sisters, Mary and Martha, are seeking his help. And so Jesus uh, doesn't get into it in our part because it's been cut and pasted for this particular day, so it's not the full story. But Jesus tells his followers, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. On his way, Jesus is met by Martha. And she tells Jesus that Lazarus has died and has been in the tomb for four days. That means he's really good and dead. And Jesus looks at her and says, the same thing that we say, it absolutely every funeral when we process in with the paschal candle the cross we say it during the easter vigil when we process in and we read these words i am resurrection and i am life says the lord right anyone who believes in me who entrusts themselves to me and what i've done for them will live even after dying everyone who lives in me and believes in me Will never ever die. When Mary sees the Lord, she says, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would have lived. You ever felt like that? Lord, where you been, man? Like, show up, dude. If you would have been here, I'd have made an A on that exam. I wouldn't no that was college, sorry. But 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 no, you know what I'm talking about. You feel like maybe he's forgotten you, that he's abandoned you in some way. But that just isn't the case right? And the story says that Jesus was deeply disturbed. Jesus wept. His friends dying out. Is he crying because he's weeping over the death of his friend? Is he crying because he feels sorry for the people and their hurt and their fear and their doubt? Then it says he's deeply disturbed. I think perhaps it is death. And what it does to people that disturbs Jesus in his soul because God is a God of life. And God is not a God of death and fear and sin and brokenness and all that other stuff that has gone sideways in our world. But also I wonder if Jesus might be a little bit disturbed because there he is with them and they're coming up with all kinds of issues You know, maybe they don't trust or whatever. First, they declared that Lazarus is dead, and they buried him. So it's pretty much hopeless. Thanks for nothing, right? Then they blamed Jesus for his death. Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus insisted that they take away the stone, they complained. Lord, there's a stench because he's been dead for four days. And I wonder, and I'm not talking about you individually, or even necessarily always St. Michael's. I'm talking about the body of Christ, those who have been set apart, the baptized ones. How often do we use the same excuse, though? You know, how we resist giving and releasing ourselves and our resources to God. You know, well, I don't know. What may God want to unbind in you, in your life, so that you can be free Free from your soul, from your heart, from your inner being. Free to serve with passion and conviction and joy in life. Is it fear that bounds you? Is it indifference that binds you? Is there something that binds you? Hurt. Is there something that binds you? That keeps you from experiencing life with God? I know for me, if there's something binding me, man, I want it unbound. You know what I mean? I don't like to be constricted and restricted. I don't like to not live in the freedom of in the joy of what I'm intended to live. So I wonder, maybe that's what was getting to Jesus. How is Jesus calling us to rise up? Get up! Get up and do something! Rise up! Come out! out of that fear, out of that doubt, out of that indifference, out of all the things that hold you in a tomb that keep you from experiencing life with God in its fullest. Where's Jesus calling us to be his hands, his voice, his presence, calling out to others out of death into life? Because I ultimately believe that is the purpose of those saints of God those who have gone before us and those who are with us now and those who will come after us. Jesus said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Jesus prays. The Father hears him, but he says it so that everyone can hear it and see it, so they too can be drawn into this life with God. Jesus has a speech, if you will, God's speech that is an invitation to us to participate in the healing of the world, to live and create blessing in this world. That's what this is all about, to create blessing is to to transmit God's power, God's love for life that God gives us to let ourselves be channels of that to others because we are channels for that power and not simply reservoirs where it just sits because we are the saints of God. Isn't that beautiful? Like this is not just something. This is real. This is the truth of who we are, Jesus followers, unbind Lazarus. Because Jesus yells, unbind him. He tells the people there, just like he did the five thousand that were hungry, and all the disciples are standing around twiddling their thumbs, and Jesus looks at him and he says, You do it, you feed them. Right? He calls the people into the healing. He calls the people into the miracle. And so the people that are standing by the grave that day, Jesus looks at him, he calls Lazarus out, and he says, unbind him. Jesus' followers unbind Lazarus. And in doing so, they do something really beautiful here. They ignore the old law because what they end up doing is touching what was considered ritually unclean but by acting on jesus's command to love to unbind to touch to put our hands and our lives there and to unbind someone from death shackles they accept the new covenant the law of the new covenant that is that christ's promise of bringing humanity into the kingdom of god the forgiveness of sin the release and the freedom to share in the fullness of life with us. All gift, all given, all grace, all God's one-way love. We just participate in it. We just say yes to it. And we reach out in faith. And whatever's binding someone, we rip it off of them. Maybe it's negativity. Maybe it's self-centeredness. Maybe it's indifference. Maybe it's something they're going through that's heavy-duty, right? But we act as agents, just like they did. They acted as agents of Lazarus' liberation from death and the imprisonment and darkness of the tomb. Jesus said, didn't I tell you, didn't I tell you that if you would see the glory of God if you believe? In other words, Look, if you entrust yourself to this, if you take that step, if you go into action, if you put your faith, right, you put your body where your faith is, right, and you step out in that, God will do miracles. And you all know, and I'm now starting to go Pentecostal on you, but that's okay. <laughs> but you will see miracles. And the truth is I got goosebumps up and down my legs and down my arms right now because, folks, I literally see through you and this community the glory of God manifesting in people's lives. I honestly do. That's why I continue to do this because I see what God does in people's lives and it's profound. It is truly, truly profound. So we trust, we act, and then we see God's glory, right? It's by doing it, man. So we too are saints, right? Just like the saints that have gone before us, just like those people there by Lazarus that day. We are saints of the risen Christ. And we too, believe it or not, you are an agent of liberation. You have to know that. That's who you are. Now, love is is at the heart of our participation in this new covenant, this new world that Jesus has created. We know that we do not have to be dead physically to be in need of being raised. We can be dead in the midst of life, can't we? I've been there. I was just sharing with somebody after the 745. I've been dead in the midst of... Of life, because sometimes life can be absolutely feel very cruel and it hurts, and all I want to be is out of my pain. You ever been there? You know? But resurrection is real, not only physical, but spiritual, emotional, and everything else. Because God is a God of life and resurrection. And in the midst of that feeling like death, hoping for a word of life and a community that will help put us together again, God enters into that. And we go through that, and we come out the other side alive, different, new, transformed. So we thank God for the saints that has gone before us today, but we are also reminded that we too are saints. Jesus' voice calls us away from making the tomb our natural home. We weren't created for the tomb. We were created for paradise, for the garden, for life with God. And God in Christ challenges us to take responsibility for our brothers and sisters in this world whether they're here beside us in the pews or they're out beyond those doors. People like Lazarus, who is loved by God. See, if we see someone buried alive, we're invited to do as Jesus and his community did, to call them, to help set them free. Our mission is to unbind humanity from the captivity of all that takes life. Thank God for the saints of God, right? To bring new life to those caught in the darkness of the tomb. To be a light that shines in the darkness. And the darkness does not overcome it. Our mission, our role, our responsibility is to be exactly who we are. Saints. Saints. So we pause today and to give thanks to remember Um, God and God's action in Christ um, to pause and give thanks for the saints who have gone before us to help shape our lives and our faith and create this beautiful place where we are reminded of God's beauty and glory for Pat, all those who have gone through those gates of larger life that literally share in the fullness of resurrected life with Christ, to take strength from them, right, to to be reminded of them, but also um, by God's grace and mercy to imitate them, to imitate them. For each one of us really is called to be a saint. But here's the fact. Each one of us, because of the life, death, love, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, is a saint. So, that's who you are. Good morning and much love and happy All Saints Day, St. Michael's. Thanks for listening. If you liked today's message, please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to tell your friends. You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash St. Michael's Orlando. Until next time, remember... God loves you with a love you did not earn, and therefore you can never lose.